What is going on, senores and senores? Happy Sunday to all. Kind of feeling a little bit hungover, and I'll tell you, be honest, last night I did have a couple drinks, but I didn't have enough drinks to feel hungover. What I really feel hungover about is watching the Philadelphia Union last night in TQL Park walk away with a 3-1 defeat, losing 3-1 after this five-game winning streak that they were on, beating up Team 6-0. Yeah, granted it was Houston, but they obviously were on good form. And this was a match where um, Pat Noonan, the understudy, got the best of his his teacher, his instructor, whatever you want to call it, uh, he got the best of his mentor in Jim Curtin. And I think that overall, this is one of those games where Cincinnati had everything clicking. They were in the zone. They had all the momentum from Harris Noonan. I don't know what it was exactly. I don't know what it was what Pat Noonan said before this match started. But you clearly saw that Cincinnati took this match and had high regards towards it. Meaning, they felt as if that this was a more important game than what the Philadelphia thought. Not saying that Jim and his guys are not come prepared, but I just think that as far as energy goes, Cincinnati and hit, and Pat's boys took it to another level, and I think that that's what the difference. You saw a lot of uncharacteristic things. That's why I'm not going to kill this soccer team too much here with this with this loss because I just feel like we saw a lot of things that we just don't typically see here from the Union, from the back line being abused, from the the uh, the amount of quietness from the front line as well between Caranza uh, and Ua, and you know even throw. Uh, Gazag in there a little bit so to me this is a disappointing loss but this is one where you're just going to chalk up to um, the student getting the best of the teacher and I'll tell you what if we see these guys in the playoffs I am not concerned whatsoever playing FC Cincinnati in a playoff situation um, of course last night we weren't, we weren't able to do the live portion of of Union game match recap um, was out with uh, actually someone who covers the club as well so I was able to enjoy my day off <clears throat> But I was able to watch the game. I um, I'm a little bit of a uh, of a Philly sports obsessed mother effer. Okay, I uh, I literally was walking around. Um, I was in my backseat of my car first off, watching the match on my damn phone while there's Bad Bunny blaring in my car in the backseat. Watching the Philadelphia University of Cincinnati. Um, as I get to the bar, obviously we were able to watch the game, but um, just me like walking around. I always do this for like even Phillies. If I have to go out, like listen, as an adult, you guys understand there are sometimes things that you can't control that interfere with watching your sports teams. And so I take it to great measures. Thank God for technology because I do have a cell phone and I am able to watch all these games from my cell phone. But um, yeah, not the best way I want to watch the match, but I always find a way and I and I was able to, to dissect and give my analysis of what I thought happened uh, on last night's game. Alright, so let's get into it real quick, guys, and I'll get to my thoughts. So um, obviously, we're going to start off with the lineups in which Jim Curtin obviously had Brujo Martinez back, so he decided to put him back at that six. We went back to the four four two diamond. Uh, Nathan Harrell again. I'm sorry. Yeah, Nathan Harrell again not starting. It was Olivier Baizo at that right fullback position. You had Flock and Bedoya as your shuttlers. Martinez back at the six. Gazak at the tip of the diamond with Carranza and Ua again as your two forwards up top. And throughout the first 40 minutes of this match, I'll say it was a lot of back and forth. It was that feeler out period, but you could clearly tell that both of these teams were evenly matched. Um, it, it's funny because 
We talked about it during the preview that the Cincinnati back line is one of the weak points of this team, and yet I did not feel like the Union were doing anything to kind of test that. And part of that had to do with Cincinnati's really good high press. That's where I will give credit to Cincinnati. They did a great job of suffocating that back line, and the Union just had a tough time of just getting that ball to the front line. Um, there was a missing link-up play from the back to the front, and I, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, just, just I think what Danny Higginbottom said on the broadcast was, was perfect. I think why not try to at least get that ball deep, hit those hit Cincinnati with those long balls. It's worked in the past before for this team. And for some reason, this team was just not even trying that. And, you know, going back to the lineup, your prototypical lineup, your prototypical diamond midfield with Flock, with Flock and I'm sorry, with Flock and uh, and and Flock and Bedoya as your shuttlers, and obviously having Martinez as your six, obviously that's your bread and butter. That's what you feel most comfortable with, and defensively it gets the job done. But in this instance, when Cincinnati is putting is taking is dictating where this match is going and suffocating you in that back line, you need to find a way to get that ball out of there. And yet you weren't able to get that done. Um, with what you had out on the pitch. It was a very quiet night for Alejandro Bedoya as well. It was very uncharacteristic for himself too. Um, but I just think that Cincinnati came very well prepared. They knew everything that the Philadelphia Union liked to do. And at that point, you know, Jim's got to be able to change things up. And, and I just think that in this match, it, was, it, it just took too long to change things up. And after a scoreless first half and when we had a scary moment in the 37th minute, where Cincinnati did a great job of switching the field of play, moving from the left to the right in a matter of an instant, as the back line is trying to adjust to the to the, to the pitch shift. Uh, you got Brenner left unscathed. Um, you got Alvis Powell making a great cross in in front of Andre Blake, and and Brenner was able to get on the ball and get it past Andre Blake. Now, after a few seconds and the referee decided to go to VAR, it was determined that it was handball. The ball uh, the ball hit his head, but as he was going down, the ball then hit his arm and fell into the net. So as we all know, that is a clear handball, and that goal was taken away, which we were blessed because that was just a bad adjustment by the Philadelphia Union. A great job of Cincinnati shifting the, the pitches, and we definitely got unscathed there. But it, w- it definitely seemed like a precursor of what was about to happen in the second half because in the second half, Cincinnati carried that momentum and absolutely capitalized. Uh, 50th minute, you got Brandon Vasquez making an absolutely great run. Olivier Baizo, I do not know what it was, why it was that he did not challenge uh, Barreal any uh, any more than what he did. Like, there was just way too much space for Barreal to get a cross in. And so you got um, Brandon Vasquez making a nice cross to, to the near post, and he, he gets the best of Jack Elliott, and he gets it right past Andre Blake. Not much that Andre Blake could do there. And Cincinnati went up one to nothing early in that 50th minute. Um, just bad, bad adjustments by the defense. Uh, the 55th minute, Brenner finally gets his opportunity. He gets his goal. Um, and then, of course, in the 71st minute, Barreal unscathed, finds a little bit of a score of, of a gap and gets this ball past, uh, past Andre Blake. Nice shot in the box. And uh, Cincinnati at that point put up a three stinking goals on the Philadelphia Union. I just, I, 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 I can't, I could never tell you, I could never predict that this team would give up three goals in the matter of 21 minutes after what we have seen over the five, the past five games. I've seen this team put up five, four goals in, in 20 minutes themselves, but never give up 
three goals in 20 minutes the way they did, and it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, their <clears throat> their big three of Acosta, Brenner, and Vasquez were doing everything to get in into that back line, and they had their way. They really dictated the way and the pace of this match. Cincinnati constantly with the ball had bodies uh, up top, bodies up top to move around, and, and it was it was definitely. Um, the the benefactor here. I, I, I again, I just feel as if that this was a game where the uni just did not show up. It just to me, it's just very uncharacteristic things that I don't typically, you know, criticize them on. You got you were able to get a reconciling goal in the seventy seventh minute with Paxton Aaronson getting a goal. Yes, on the same day that his brother Brendan gets a goal in his Premier League debut, uh, it was a ball that he it was night he was in the box, took a shot to get a got a little deflection and fell into the net. Uh, but kudos to Paxton Aronson getting himself a goal to reconciling goal here as he came in in the second half here uh, for the Philadelphia Union. But now, I mean, overall, I mean, this this was this was definitely a bad match. And obviously, you know, you go on social media after a game, and you just want to, you know, as always, you want to get the feel, the fan base. Now we're feeling it. Of course, everyone was a little bit of a reaction. And I will say this: it was definitely a disappointing loss. I will say that it was probably the best night to lose because all top four MLS teams in the Eastern Conference fell as well. So you don't really lose ground, and you're still on pace to. to I guess you're still on pace to get the supporter show, although LAFC is definitely making it tough for you. You guys know how I feel. I have want no parts of first place of anything i really want the mls cup and you guys know what that means by getting the supporter shield and a number one seed in the eastern conference but we'll talk about that a little bit later but defensively i mean this is one of the worst matches that i've seen from Jakob glesis and jack elliott like these two have been absolute stalwart they're a big reason why we have been so successful this year but they got caught with their pants down quite a few times. I mean that that Brandon Vasquez goal. There was a couple op- opportunities like that for uh, for those guys, but it just constantly even even the Brenner goal. I mean it was a great run by him, and and we talked about it in the in the pregame show. Like these two have been able to form a partnership, and they just kind of feed off of one another, and they they are able to make those kind of ticky-tack passes, and they're able to get behind your back lines, and they really did a good job of doing that here today. Um, Luciano Costa was one of those is is literally the magician between behind, behind all of this play here for F Cincinnati, and Martin, Bruno Martinez had a tough job of keeping up with Lucho Costa, and it was it was definitely a difference maker as well. Um, I thought Bruno was had a solid match overall, especially in the attack. I, I really one thing we don't talk about is his awareness on the pitch is very underrated. I, just realizing where is the defender, especially when a ball is coming to him, understanding how to position his body. Uh, I think that's very. I think that's very. I'm sorry. I think that's something that we don't look at quite quite often. Um, I think Olivier Baizo really solidified his starting role in this team. I will say, despite the bad game, and there listen, there's things that he needs to work on. Like you know, if you see a winger trying to cross in a ball, you gotta you gotta close down. You can't make that crossing too easy, especially because you saw that first goal for Brandon Vasquez. But you gotta make that adjustment. But I will say this early on, he had a nice play on. I believe it was Brandon Vasquez. Um, coming from behind and, and slide tackling and, get, and getting that ball out there at a recent opportunity for F Cincinnati, and I was like, that's something I have not seen Olivier Baizo do really uh, since he's been here or since he's been uh, a member of the Philadelphia. And his defensive prowess is something we haven't really been talking about, but 
I really do think he has solidified his starting role at that right back position. I mean, this is now his third straight match that he has started over there over Nathan Harriel. And I think that we do know his attacking prowess. And I think he provides a little bit more than Nathan Harriel. I think Nate has, has uses a lot of his speed. I think that definitely is beneficial for him. But uh, it's definitely good competition. And we'll see how Jim continues to handle it. But for right now, how is it not Olivier Baizo? Obviously, the one gripe that everyone was talking about, why wasn't Jack McGlynn put in the starting lineup considering what he's done to you and done for you? And you obviously saw what happened here today with the Union attack and how kind of the midfield was kind of a non-factor in a sense here. And I'll say this, like, I don't kill Jim for trying something different. Like, we talked about tactical flexibility. You do not think that, you don't think that Pat Noonan kind of saw that happening already, right? Like, you don't see, you don't think that Pat Noonan saw the tape of the past couple weeks and seeing that Jack McGlynn is something that has been able to unlock this union attack. I'm sure he's definitely seen that. So I don't I don't hate the, the decision of going back to your usual diamond midfield with Flock and, and Martinez in there. But I, I, we talked about it before. Like It just does feel a little bit that right now with the way this team is playing, McGlynn has to be in the starting lineup every single week. And now the decision is Martinez or Flock, who are you, who are you taking out? I don't know what it is, why it is that the homegrowns don't get the leeway because if you think about it, when you had Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie here, those guys did get a leeway. I don't know if it was the time period, but like it just doesn't feel like the homegrowns get much of a leeway these days either. Are we saving them from something? I'm just trying to understand what it is, why we treat them a little bit different than we have in, with homegrowns in the past. I think going forward, you need to make that move. And you need to... St- you need to put McGlynn in a starting lineup. And the one gripe I will say is, you know, um, at the halftime when I'm seeing, like, there's not much movement going on from my attack between the back and the front line, I'm making I'm making the substitution at the halftime. Like, that's what I would have done. And you saw Cincinnati was building up the, the, the momentum, and they kept that going in the second half. I, I, first half, be, I'm sorry, beginning of the second half, my first substitution, I'm putting in Jack McGlynn in there. I, I, you, you keep the formation. I'm putting Jack McGlynn in there. That would have been my first move. I just think that the substitution came a little bit too late. You know, once it's 2 nothing, you decide to put in uh, Flock, for, or I'm sorry, McGlynn for, for Flock, and then obviously the one that everyone hates is Birkin for Carranza, and I will agree with people in this instance because you are down 2 nothing. You need goals. I'm sorry, but Burke does not provide those goals for you. We talked about it before. As much as people do kill Burke, there are strong suits that do help this team. He's got the speed, he's got that length, he's got that size, and he's got that strength. There's things that you can use with Corey Burke, but in an instance where you're down 2 nothing, you need guys who are going to be able to create on the ball. Corey Burke is not going to provide that, Jim. It's going to be Carranza. I would have left Carranza in there. Um, if you want to take out... Uh, Aronson and run with a Christmas tree for a little bit. I'm okay with that as well, but I just don't see the benefit of taking out Carranza. And I'll tell you what, Carranza and Ua were definitely quiet, and they, they definitely didn't have their best matches uh, on Saturday night in Cincinnati. They were absolutely quiet, but the movement it was just not enough. They they just looked a little bit lost as well. Could it be that they just got lost in the, in translation from what was going on and it would buy that Cincinnati high press? Possibly, but overall, it just it, it, they just did not have a good match, but I will also say this as well. If we're talking about forward options coming off the bench, to me, Quinn is a guy that I'm putting, I'm bringing out over Corey Burke, and that goes back to my point of why aren't these homegrowns getting a little bit more of a leeway than what you had in the past? 
because to me, Quinn Sullivan, in that moment, I just said, like, you need someone who's going to be able to create on the ball, and Corey's not going to be able to do that. But Quinn has that ability to do that. So if you're going to take out Carranza because he's not having a good match, then why not put Quinn Sullivan in there first? And that's one where I'm definitely going to scratch my head. I, I think Jim got killed uh, for his player selections throughout the match. We even went to substitutions in the time of the substitutions. Um, but I don't think it was – I think some of it was justified. I definitely do think that some of it was justified. He just you got to make better decisions, especially with the substitutions. That's really where I will criticize Jim here um, on, on this night. But I, I do want to give kudos to Cincinnati. There was a lot of momentum. There was a lot of emotion on their side playing at home, sellout crowd. Cincinnati crowd did a great job, I, I think. Um, obviously, when winning happens and and uh, and there is a glimpse of a a good team, cities and and, t- and fan bases will come out and support. And it seems like Cincinnati's starting to get that local support, which is great to see. It's it's, it's a product here in the MLS. It's a United States product. You want to see it succeed, and that's definitely great. Obviously, the Harrisman Union thing was definitely emotional as well. Uh, I, I like the 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 stuff that they Cincinnati did for him. Obviously, you saw the jersey that they kind of built, put together, the half-union, half-Cincinnati jersey. Uh, you had Chris Albrey, Pat Newton, even Jim Curtin taking a picture before the game with him, congratulating him. It was an emotional night, and it's cool also to see kind of Cincinnati players embracing um, uh, Harrison Dutton, and, and you could clearly tell that those guys uh, were they, – they kind of – you know, pay a lot of homage to Harris. Harris is a big leader, and they and they all respect him so much on both sides, the Union side and the Cincinnati side. And it was definitely really cool to see. But one thing, one question we do have to ask ourselves as well: Has Pat Newton created a little bit of a blueprint to beat the Philadelphia Union, where it seemed like they were a little bit unstoppable? I'll say this: I think Pat had a fantastic game plan similar to what he did here in in, in Chester uh, um, uh, on June 18th. But I do think that, like I said, a lot of what you saw here tonight on Saturday night was uncharacteristic play by the Philadelphia Union. I do believe that Jim is going to get these guys uh, together. It's a kick in the ass. It's it's a good kick in the ass. You know, you get it, you know it's early August. You know, sometimes you you are going to need that. This isn't like the Chicago match. This is one where Cincinnati is a team battling for a playoff spot. Uh, they they have a good shot of doing it. They're going to be there. You might even see them in the playoffs. So you might you might have to play those guys down the line. And I think that this was a good kick in the kick in the you know what um, for them to kind of move forward. So I'm not worried about these guys. I'm sure Jim will get these guys ready uh, for the next match. Um, and I and I and I really um, I'm excited to see what they do because obviously the Union now will be able to get some get some revenge as they'll be facing off against Chicago next up. Who I think since that since that win in Chicago they have really turned it around. Um, I think they're even in a battling for a playoff spot at the moment where they were like in last last place like a month and a half ago. So things have definitely changed. So it's going to be an important week for the Union to bounce back and turn it around and hopefully they can get three points at home against uh, the Chicago Fire. But that's going to do it for, for me today. Obviously upsetting loss last night, but I'm not panicking. I'm moving forward. We're on the Chicago. It's part of an MLS season. And it's funny, like, you know, I always criticize Phillies fans for, you know, killing the Phillies for one loss out of 162. Thing is, here in soccer, you see this with soccer fans all throughout i mean you'll hear you know you'll you'll hear chelsea fans freaking out over a one nothing win over everton because it's everton they should probably get relegated which they probably should get relegated this year but this is a this is normal in soccer uh soccer culture 
but I think one thing we do need to remember is this is still a very good team, a team that is still in first place, a team that is still competing for the Supporters' Shield, one of the elite clubs here in the MLS, and things will change. Everyone always wants a piece of the big dog. That's just how sports work. Right now, the Union are a big dog, and they have to find a way to get that eye of the tiger back, which can be very easily done so we'll see what happens against chicago we'll be breaking it down all throughout the week but thank you so much guys for watching it on the cell phone version of uni match recap we'll be back live uh for this upcoming week but thanks so much for watching guys if you guys enjoy the content make sure you guys hit the like button subscribe for more philly sports including your philadelphia union and until next time ladies and gentlemen i go by the name of el parcero philly and i'm telling you guys dupont we're gonna be all right guys